live on Junkhead. There he is. You hear him right there, folks. It's the returning guest. It's the UK guy. It's the UK God himself. The UK guy, the hard dick warrior out of hard dickshire, which I'm sure is a town somewhere in England. If it isn't, it should be. Yeah. But my main man, Kieran from Spain slash UK. What the fuck is up, dude? Not much, mate. Just chilling. What's up? How's it going? I am good. I I have uh, to, to give a little, I'm not going to get too into detail with it, but I've got court tomorrow. So I'm sitting that ready, kind of eagerly figuring out. I think we're going to get some stuff settled tomorrow. So hopefully I'll have some answers. I'm stoked about that. Good. Good to hear it. Have there been any sexy lady authority figures at any point during this process, like in the court or, you know, the jail? Oh, God. Yeah, there's been two. One of them the, was like when I first got put on house arrest. I just have to clarify, by the way, sorry, your mum doesn't count. <laughs> so it's down to one now, I assume. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. And, and fa- family members in general don't count. So let's just move on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah no, man, I got out of jail and my mom's tits were fucking awesome. <laughs> but in all seriousness when i when i got out of house arrest i went into the or when i got on to her house arrest excuse me and i went into the electronic monitoring units offices the first lady that i saw in there was like this little five three like cute thing with like a nice fat ass and like some nice titties real cute face and i was just like oh okay okay all right and then the last time that I went in there, as I've gotten older, I've really grown a real appreciation for a woman in her like late 30s, early 40s. There is just something about it, dog, that revs my engine. And there was this, I'm almost positive that she she's not from Texas. She's definitely from like somewhere in that area because she's got the accent. But she's probably, probably my height, like probably like 5'8 or so. And just the nicest body on this woman, like real tone legs. And then it just kind of went up straight. And like, you know, like when a woman has like a really nice ass, she doesn't even really have to wear nice tight pants for the ass part of the jean to go up into it because it's just like, it's just like sucking that shit in. It's just so nice, like a gravitational pull on the pants and her pants just like went right up her ass fucking perfectly and had like these nice titties and i'm just sitting there and i'm like I, I i've been on house arrest for fucking a year now i haven't seen that much pussy so i'm just i dog there's no trying to hide my look and i'm just like yeah yeah no i see i see every goddamn bit nice what, what was her job she i she's probably one of the electronic monitoring right. unit officers just kind of probably mostly office work really not 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 an unsexy job and not specifically a sexy job either you know yeah yeah they they i feel like i feel like they probably occasionally go out and do like cop shit but it's mostly just to keep an eye on people that are on house arrest and shit yeah i mean if she had to change your ankle bracelet or something there'd be a moment there where it'd be like oh you know she's she's unclicking unclipping the chain around your ankle you know and it's like yeah nice but that's about the sexiest part of her job is very brief about one second. No, I, if she did that, I would like, because I have really nice calves, I would pull my pant leg up pretty far up just to kind of, 
Yeah, no, I've been running. Uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty solid down there, don't you think? Yeah, nice. Yeah, you could, <laughs> you could oil it up beforehand, get it real slick and shiny. Put loads of fake tan on it. I, I had a mate at school who uh, fake tan. He he um he was testing out fake tan, and he put it on his hand, on the back of his hand, and he made this like huge patch on his hand. It looked like a birthmark. And he was like a really insecure guy. So he got really freaked out about it. And he was wearing gloves into school. He looked like Michael Jackson. He showed me it and he was like, fuck. And, and then he was like, oh, but the next day he came in and he was like, I tried to cover it up by doing the whole hand. And he'd made his whole hand like mahogany brown. Like it was crazy. He looked like he'd been like, like he'd been like an expat, you know? And then, uh, <laughs> and then he was still wearing the gloves and he was trying to hide it. And he kept like putting his hands in his pockets and being really awkward. And we were like laughing about it all day and shit. And then he came in the next day and he'd done his other hand as well so that his hands were even. And he just had the most disgustingly brown, like tanned hands ever. It was fucking horrendous. I, that fake tan stuff, it'll do a number on you if you're not careful. Mm -hmm. Are you speak, speaking from experience here? I personally never had any experience with it myself, but I, I grew up in, around enough like small town women that like, want to get that like kind of exotic look in the middle of january so they just go in the bathroom and just soak themselves in that shit and oh i remember this one girl in high school like she didn't do it right so like she had like layers of darkness on her face like it would start like dark here and then by the time it got to the top of her forehead it was like almost white again <laughs> jeez I, I, I get this weird effect because I because I just you know I shave my hair like maybe once a week or whatever, but then the the tan doesn't really reach your head, but your head is still visible through your hair, especially when you've just shaved it. So you get this kind of horrible disconcerting effect where I'm like I'm tanned up to here, but then the rest is like pale under my head. You can see my like head color, and it's different. It looks like I've got one of those fake faces from like Vanilla Sky or something. You know, is it is it Vanilla Sky? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, where Tom Cruise gets his face replaced. Yeah, that was a good that was a good movie until the end. And then it was like, what the fuck is happening here? He goes in like a some elevator up to the sky and crazy shit happens on a roof. He like goes to fucking heaven or something. It's retarded. I feel about that movie the same way that I feel about gravity or the unexpected virtue of ignorance. Yes, yes. With Michael Keaton. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it. Oh, is he a prisoner? Is he a, pri a he escapes prison? No, 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 no. He's like a guy who is like he's like a mainstream Hollywood actor who is taking a Raymond Chandler novel and trying to put it into theater. It's mostly shot in like one continuous take. There's only like four or five cuts throughout the whole movie. It's a really beautifully shot and well-crafted film with like a really interesting score that kind of builds with the momentum of the movie. And then the end of the movie just has like the final three minutes of the movie. You're just kind of like, actually not even the final three minutes, like the final 60 seconds of the movie. You're just kind of like, wow, you really left a bitter taste on my mouth after man. I really enjoyed this whole fucking thing. Yeah. It's the worst way for a movie to be bad. Cause you fully, you, you fully waste two hours. It's just, you're just, it's gone. And it's and it goes. You don't. It's not a gradual sensation. It's like, oh, my last two hours has disappeared out from under my feet. I happened with Inside Man. We watched Inside Man the other night. It's the fucking stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. 
But throughout most of it, I was like, yeah, fuck it. It's a heist film. You know, I can get behind it. I want to know who did it, who was the inside man. And uh, oh, don't bother if you're considering it. Is that Denzel? Denzel. Yeah, it's made by Spike Lee. So it's like a, a, a heist movie with sort of strange racial overtones, which is, uh, which is odd to begin with. Shout out Spike Lee. There's an incredibly weird scene where it looks like Denzel Washington is on like a skateboard or a Segway or something. It's meant to be a cool, like a dolly zoom type effect where Denzel Washington comes towards the camera and it's like, like he's freaking out so much that he's on wheels, but it just, it just looks like he's on fucking wheels. Like he's got <laughs> Denzel just like, it's like what? he's clearly on a fucking hoverboard or a Segway or something. That's not <laughs> clever cinematography. It's fucking idiotic. And it's the only scene in the entire movie that's like that. The second you see it, your brain's just like Denzel's on wheels, and then you know you realize it's a heist movie, so he's not on wheels. Yeah. Well, you can be on. You can. That's a, that's an, a bit of a, a hard and fast rule there, really. That shouldn't apply to heist movies. Spike Lee is a guy for me where there are sometimes where I really appreciate some of his films. There are other times where not only do I think it's like a bad movie, it like leaves me with like a slight feeling of pissed off after it's done. Mm-hmm. he's got a unique effect i'll give him that yeah i wanted to watch that to five bloods one he did because the trailer looked just i like the psychedelic imagery and stuff and then it was just the more and more it was like trump jokes and like woke racial humor and oh it's too much too much i feel that stuff is like it's like 1980s it's like when you see a painting and it's got like words on it or something you know and it's like just sort of it's like mm, you can do that and sometimes it's okay but I don't know. I don't really need. I don't really need my movies to sort of tell me how to feel about. I mean, I'm being. I'm being a little bit close-minded. I don't. I guess I don't mind if a movie asks questions about these things. I don't really like when a movie gives me answers. You know, to like complex racial problems. It's just a bit like, what is this? Is this a movie or something else? Yeah, I I agree with you, my man. It feels spoon like it, they're trying to spoon feed you something. Yeah, it's like it's like when a rapper like does a like a long political track when it's like the government's telling lies, the people going hungry and stuff. And it's just like, shut up, man. Like, that's not thought provoking. You just tell you're just literally basically I, I'm either exactly the same as you or I'm a fucking idiot. Like, that's the two options for this song. There's no there's no gray area. Shout out to American rappers for being really, really, really good at that idea of just like, this is how it is. And if you don't get it, it's because you're stupid and you don't understand. Yeah. And it basically, it's just like child grooming. It just preys on like 14 year olds. Like when I was like 14, I listened to Immortal Technique. and I'd come downstairs and I'd be like, mom, dad, you don't get it. The people being lied to by the government. The government, they're all snakes, bro. The black people is being, it's just like, you know, like I was full of all these ideas. And then you get older and you're like, fuck, I'm having some grown man tell me what to think. A hundred percent, dude. I remember as a young man, I was super into dead prez and they're, they're spicy. So like I'd be in my bedroom listening to songs like with like hooks that are like, I want to go back to Africa, to the Africa, to the Africa. And like just seeing my mom walk by like, well, that song sounds very, they're excited about that, aren't they? Yeah. Shut up, mom. Was that Let's Get Free? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I fucking loved Let's Let's Get Free, man. The production on that is amazing. That instrumental track, You'll Find A Way, where it's just like horns and shit and piano, it's lovely. They don't get enough credit for how good they are musically. 
They really don't. Yeah. That album was, I, I want to listen to that actually. That was fucking good. Uh, the thing about the wolves, I remember that blowing my mind when I, again, when I was like 14, the thing about the wolves licking the blade and I'd like tell everyone, I'd be like, the thing they do to wolves, they make them lick the blade and they lick themselves to death. And that's what's happening to black Americans. People just be like, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. You know, kind of a back point, people making fun of Trump and shit like that. It really kind of felt like that Stuart Lee bit where he's like talking about it's the the Scooby-Doo Thatcher routine. That point at the end where he's like Richard Herring and I did a list in 1986 of the lamest things to talk about in stand up comedy. And the two things that were on that list are Scooby-Doo and Thatcher and like <laughs> That's what makes me feel about the Trump thing. It's just like such a lame thing to choose. To me, it's like you writing a Trump joke is no different than you like. And obviously we've we love Brian Regan's airline jokes, but it's like somebody like putting that out in the world and thinking that they're like the latest and greatest thing. Yeah, it's um, I know what you mean in terms of the airline comparing the airlines Trump because it's as like base level observational. Yeah. And and shout out to Regan. He did a good job. Oh, yeah. Like his airline thing is fucking iconic. Yeah. So I guess it was Thatcher and Scooby-Doo at that time. I feel there was a time in America where it was Obama and Super Mario. Specifically, what if Super Mario was on drugs? Or it seems like they were on drugs when they made Super Mario. These mushrooms, bro. That's the... Uh, and I, and I, obviously now we have Trump. So we, we had Thatcher and Scooby-Doo, Mario and Obama. Who Who do we pair with Trump? Who's Trump's like cartoon or pop culture equivalent for the trump era level hackiness is making like honestly i'm going to take it into like the future the trump era like the thing that's just as hacky as that is people still writing jokes on like twitter and reddit and it's like that feeling when you go to the store and that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> the worst are the ones where they're really specific to specific communities like some of the arsenal ones they're just so fucking shit like and i've gotten to point now they all just downvote me but i'll just be like why do you make these I'll just be like, this is a waste of dopamine and bandwidth this is a fucking appalling this template isn't funny it'll be like when when mustafi stops the ball going in and then in the next one be like when mustafi scores an own goal and it's like a different face the guy looks sad suddenly or something and people are like oh this one made me spit out my coffee look i've been taking a, a deep dark dive down a rabbit hole today for the junkhead listeners and for yourself i've been looking for podcasts similar to call her daddy and uh, found a few. So this, this first one, this is uh, this is called Schnitt Talk. Schnitt yeah. Talk, which is, uh, you know, it rings a bell. That's all I can really say about that. This podcast is now defunct, which uh, many people are greatly upset about, I imagine. <laughs> Queen Daddy Issues herself joins to talk first, getting over heartbreaking quarantine, starting an Instagram empire and much more. That's about as classy as it gets. Oh, wow. Every, everything they talk about is just completely a name. Listen to this. Here we go. And a bunch of uh, stores will start doing like a back to school or like early access, like the anniversary sale on Nordstrom, like fall sales because it's fucking fall soon. It's about time that we really plan our fall wardrobes and the items that we actually are going to wear in the fall instead of like buying as we go and being mm -hmm. like, what's the thing that I'm going to use this fall? I feel like finding the essentials of like, what do you actually wear? Like, mm. what are the things that like you will want to have that you want to invest in and you want to keep? I feel like now is the time 
to really go for it and buy those things. That's like, I really what, want to stop buying cheap shit. I'd rather have, like, less clothes that are nicer. So that's what I'm going for this fall. Like, Having a wardrobe that, like... Hold on. Can you pause it real quick? Yeah, like sure. Junkhead is definitely going after shit, so I'm just going to go out and say it. What <laughs> two airheaded cunts? <laughs> like, what... The fuck? Like, well, uh, you know, if you want your wardrobe to get better, you're gonna have to go out and buy those clothes. <laughs> like, the fuck is? Isn't it weird? Like, the amount of time we spent, like, worrying of, like, you know, trying to make engaging content and being like, oh, you know, is this is this worth people's time? Should I? And then these bitches, it's just like, it's time to start thinking about the things that you want to have and getting those things and putting them in your wardrobe this summer because it's time to buy your clothes. <laughs> it's just like. You have to be like recovering from a fucking brain surgery to listen to that. You're trying to learn. You're trying to <laughs> like relearn how to speak. You need something about very simple, inane, repetitive topics. You always have things that come along and, you know, really drive home the point that we should have equality in society and things like that. You know, like women are equal and that we should treat them as our equals and such. And then you find things like this and you're just like, oh yeah, bitches are dumb. Like, th like, like they're just like, not all women, but there's a whole section of women. They're just fucking dumb. God bless the, the ones that aren't, but yeah, on average, <laughs> yeah. like even like a dumb guy, think of the dumb guys, you know, they listen to like Joe Rogan and stuff. They're listening to podcasts, three hour podcasts with scientists and they're still dummies. Like, but yeah. you think of that, you know, and I'm not, I listen to Joe Rogan. I'm not saying Joe Rogan's dumb. I'm saying people who, men who are dumb still listen to stuff like that. Like, and then women who are dumb, it's like, it's another world. It's a sh it shows about handbags. They're literally talking about handbags. <laughs> like I like clothes, you know? maybe like once every two months i might I'll, I'll like be on drugs and i'll send you a picture of an outfit i'm wearing and i'll feel like the biggest faggot in the world afterwards i'll be like i can't believe this i'm showing people what i'm wearing i'm a fucking disgrace as, as mark corrigan said is it is this what my grandfather died for the freedom to do this <laughs> <laughs> this podcast to me sounds like a character nick mullen would create to make <laughs> dumb women are the worst part is it, it gets worse like this is them on twitter this is like the sort of the the friendly face of their little person it's one of those like dirty podcasts where they took where it's like let's be sex positive and like talk about talk about guys we hooked up with who we still can't get over listen to this shit so i got these two dms <laughs> from these two very different girls who are basically asking the same thing but flipped. I only talked to this guy for like two months, but I can't get over him. My friends are tired of me talking about it. Everyone's like, why can't you get over it? It's only two months. Like it was nothing. And she's, she said, no, I've gotten over guys in that period of time before. So I don't know what it is about this guy. Like the other girl was like, I would imagine I he was rich guy for a while. It was really easy. We communicated well. We never got in big fights. He bought her things. Yeah. I really couldn't get over the fact that I never had to pay for dinner when I was around him. why it's not affecting me I almost feel grossed out by the relationship and embarrassed that I'm so vulnerable with them. I think that's so funny how you're judging yourselves for the way that you feel about a relationship. Time means nothing. Time literally means nothing. That's how they end it. Time means nothing. Time literally means nothing. It's really funny as well because there's like there's sort of the fat brown head one and she just appears at the end like you can't see it but there's this blonde lady talking the whole time and then out of nowhere it just cuts to this other lady and she goes 
time means nothing. <laughs> and it's like, is this like supposed to be relationship advice? Is it supposed to be a film of existential dread? <laughs> oh my God. I'm scrolling through their Twitter right now. And I mean, it's just, oh my God, they retweeted a Taylor Swift tweet. <laughs> and then like their, their thing is just all caps, deep breaths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you got on her personal account? Because they've stopped posting, but she's still posting her personal account. Taylor Swift Stan account. Am I basic or is it a bit? We'll leave that. We'll leave that question to hang in the. I think it answers itself. Uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> Remember, ladies, you never have to feel bad about guys buying you drinks. There's a wage gap. They can afford it. I was literally looking at that one. Oh my fucking god. There, there is a wage gap. It's between fucking pricks like you and normal people. You fucking literally three hundred and seven. K likes on that nonsense. Sometimes I get men in my DMs being like, I can't go to therapy because my friends will make fun of me for it. First of all, get new friends, but also don't have to tell anyone you're going to therapy. It's your business. Just go. I mean, that seems obvious. Isn't it? What a dynamite drop in there. I mean, you, you really, <laughs> you're cluing us in on stuff we hadn't thought of. It reminds me of the Sopranos. How so? Lay a sort of layered take on, uh, on therapy that she's providing us. It's like the whole of the Sopranos. It's like, you know, that's the message of the Sopranos, isn't it? It's like, get new friends. Don't be afraid to go to therapy. So uh, anyway, that's the more that's the more classy side. That's like the face end of what I wanted to show you. And, and this is the... Uh, I saw that they're on Barstool too. They are. Let's uh, go over to these um, these ladies. See what you see. What, what, maybe you could tell people, what, what do you see here? Bedroom Mythbusters, the shit show. Yeah, this is where you come to get real talk about sex from fucking real girls, okay? We're going to talk, and we're not going to let men stop us from talking about our fucking pussies and our wants and needs, okay? Not you, not my dad. It's just like, what is this? No one cares. It's just boring and disgusting. Well, what the hell's happened here? I screen shared my dude. Wow. I feel a little bit invaded by how quickly that came along. So I'll, I'll, I've got some sound here. Yeah, you got you got the three of them here, so you can see, you know. You can see what, what type of what type of lady we're dealing with. I mean, the blonde one's pretty cheeky, but you know, these are they're definitely babes. I will give them that. But I like how, like, when I immediately press play, the first thing that I heard out of this podcast was the lady on the left. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure what her name is, but she just goes, um, "Oh my god, I'm like getting crushed right now." And <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great intro to just like basic bitch talk about what we're going to get into. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to even there's not even any specific words I wanted to hear because it's quite hard to actually understand what they say. I just wanted to hear the level of sort of inane babble. Okay, no. So I'm gonna say sex myth, what busted? Yeah. I mean, okay, girls don't have to come every time. No. I'm gonna be real. I feel like guys feel that way because most girls fake their orgasms. We should stop. We should start a whole like stop faking your fucking I orgasms. Agree. Yeah. Because I feel like guys, if a girl doesn't fake her orgasm, then they get their feelings hurt because every other girl has faked their orgasm. I don't think I've ever faked my orgasm. It's also a it's lie. Just, I'm not a good actress, okay? Come on, let me hear you fake an orgasm. Let me hear it. Oh my god! I don't oh know. God. That's, that's right. No, I don't fake an orgasm. Oh I'm try. 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 Like, I'm gonna be like, shit. I'm like not having fun, and I'm like, you're a superstar. 
this is awesome. No, dude. This is like, you can you can skip to any point and this will be the level of dry. Like the driest of all. Like it dry. sucks. It sucks. <laughs> like the whole idea of it, it's like yeah. The driest of all. Yeah, let's fuck. And then they literally spend like can you imagine spending an hour talking about sex with anyone? Like even oh, someone that you have sex it. with. Swallow it! Don't you fucking do it! Swallow. It's just like what's going on? An hour of this shit. I didn't do it. You know, can I go on record with something? Mm-hmm. I love fucking. It's one of my favorite pastimes. But we really should have never put coolness into sex. Big facts. Big facts. It shouldn't be cool to fuck somebody. Because mm-hmm. you know what you get? You get fucking idiots like this who think that they know things about sex and are... Now, like, they're the bedroom mythbusters. You're insane. You're what? What are you, sciences of sucking cock? Are you out of your mind? There's, there's really not that much to know. Yeah. Like, you get fucked and then you suck the dick. Like, what, 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 what how much science do you need for this? Have you ever watched? I mean, in porn, they're professional fuckers. Have you ever watched porn and been like, what, what's going on here? What are they doing? I don't understand this. Like, it's very simple. It's like, oh, yeah, right now. She's lying down on the bed with her mouth open and he's shoving his cock in and out of her mouth. It's not like... <laughs> you don't need Socrates to figure that out. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's what these ladies think they are. It'd be really great, though, to pull the pre-Socratic uh, out while you, <laughs> right before you skull fuck somebody. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, page 27. This is, this is perfect for this. It would, just, it, would, uh, it would just be funny to use the Socratic method on these three as well. <laughs> yes. intense yeah. grilling like it feels so good when a guy presses up against your pussy you're like does it why <laughs> <laughs> what is what does it mean to feel like <laughs> oh lord a lot of things here one i like that they seem to have like a tank top uniform that they're wearing <laughs> yeah <laughs> I didn't really think about that, but yeah, they do. They all look like bartenders <laughs> at like a chain restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And 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 I'll be real dickish, the same base level of bitch that works that job. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, like the guy who runs it is a bit of a dirty bastard, basically. Exactly. And she knows that the titties are enough to keep the, the tips coming. So yeah. That's that's why like like whenever a woman of this nature tries to act naive and innocent to me. I just, what you, you haven't figured out that everybody wants to fuck you. I I doubt that. Yeah. They probably also, it's a sort of, they could have a job where it's like, you know, a 10% pay increase and they would just, they would struggle mentally to like process the sort of just the demands and even just like the, uh, just, just, just the cultural step up, you know, from working at one of these shitty chain bars. It'd be too much, even just like to an Italian restaurant, for example. It would just be hard for them to engage in a normal manner with like grown-ups, you know. Oh, were that were they're not like using their sexuality as a way to exploit or gain something on the other person? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where they're just dealing with like a normal person who just wants their carbonara. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because like people in fancy restaurants, you know, or like real motherfuckers that aren't really interested in that shit. Whenever like bartenders flirt with me at like bars and shit like that i will straight up tell them i'll be like you're not going to get a better tip by doing that stop just don't do that to me and i and i and they'll be like 
what? And I'm just like, I, I know what you're doing. You're flirting with people to get tips. Do it to those guys. They're fucking stupid, but just give me my fucking beer. I'll pay. For, I'll give you them. I'll give you your tip, but you don't have to do this like fake being interested in me thing. I won't even give them the tip. I won't give them nothing <laughs> apart from the exact change for my drink. And maybe a, a series of probing questions about like the specials for dinner. You know, if I like, if I get the burger deal, does it have to be a beef burger? Can I still get the free drink with the chicken, the cheese? Is it still? That's what I do here. I've lived in Spain for a year and I still just go, no speaky Spanish, no speaky <laughs> Spanish, like right in their faces. Well, th this makes makes a lot of sense because one of my favorite updates I've ever seen of yours on social media is you talking about getting into fights with people on some like a oh, wallapop. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. just like making shit offers to them and then getting in arguments with people. Yeah, and I would try and argue and I wouldn't understand what was going on. I'd be like, Senor, disculpe. No es aceptable. And they'd just be like, no, no entiendes. And they'd like, correct me. And I'd be like, hmm, vale. Hasta luego. Adios. Just some weird little grub man, like interrogating them in broken Spanish. <laughs> My favorite thing to do, what I've become obsessed with now that I'm here is I imagine like when I say something retarded in Spanish, because my, my Spanish is like very poor. And I, I imagine the sound of like a like a Spanish or a French person saying that in English that badly. So I, I kind of do a direct translate. So if I'll be like, uh, uh, you know, like, gracias para mi comida, then I'll imagine like a French guy being like, thank you for my meal, you know, like sounding really retarded in like the opposite direction. And it's, it's like an obsession now. There was a, a French guy I lived with in London and for some reason he's become like my spirit animal for speaking retarded broken Spanish. I translate everything and like imagine him him saying it to me like that in English to judge where I'm at. Are you uh are you circumcised? Yes, I am circed up, yep. Mm -hmm. But that's I mean that's just American anyway, really, isn't it? Not just Jewish. Very very much so. Very much so. Jews in America are very different from like Jews in like other parts of the world because like a big example of this like reformed jews in america for the most part don't even really believe in god mm -hmm. they just it's just like a networking opportunity it's like being in a fraternity yeah it seems pretty sick i feel like i'd probably be popping right now if i was jewish 100 percent, dog and you and you you would probably if i was you'd probably be like playing up your jewishness more you'd be wearing like one of the things in this cool <laughs> like shalom both of us just doing a podcast where we're trying to code switch the entire time <laughs> we're di we're trying to talk about like like sports or whatever and i'm just like yeah well i i i, I wasn't able to watch it because i mean saturday shabbos and you can't do anything on shabbos <laughs> also speaking of sports shout out to the super bowl streaker yeah nice respect to anyone who fucking is naked in front of a bunch of you know men women and children exposes this themselves to millions here's the thing cbs cut it so nobody saw it the only thing that you can see is like cell phone footage of it oh because there's no one in the crowds anyway is there it was in florida so it was a full stadium oh fucking hell <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> no like i was thinking about that earlier in the week i was like oh yeah it's gonna be a socially distant super bowl and then i realized that it was in florida and i was like oh yeah they don't give a shit about that kind of thing yeah, we've been having eerie ghost football in England for a long time now. It's fucking uh, it's weird. Honestly, basketball was pretty fucking legit with nobody in the stands. Did you get to watch any of the NBA? No. 
Dude. So because like one side has like all the players and shit, like the benches and stuff, but the other side of the court, they don't have to worry about the crowd so they can push like most bleachers and like American stadiums, you can push back and like they kind of like collapse into themselves. So they would push the bleachers back and they ran tracking line along the like side of the basketball court and put like a tracking shot camera on like like waist high and there's like you know nothing blocking it so they would cut in the nba you'd go from like kind of the overhead footage of like the game and then they would cut to where you're on the tracking shot just following the game along down like at the players level and it looked beautiful wow like almost if like wes anderson did an nba game that sounds sick nice going back to the uh the circumcision thing have you ever considered restoring how do you feel about circumcision i personally have never experienced or felt any trauma about it i understand like i guess back when you know the day maybe cleanliness was a thing but i mean we're all pretty you know we're all pretty good at keeping ourselves clean now for the most part Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is kind of weird that we just go to a male baby and we're like, we're just going to take some skin off of your dick because mm-hmm. like, it's like culturally, this is what we do. But at the same time, like, I don't, I don't have any like long standing trauma from it. I don't like, I don't like, you know, like have like some people are like, they really, I guess, miss their foreskin or something like that. There's a whole movement. And I, I, I get those people, but like, just, I, I kind of like my cut cock. It looks nice. I've had, a, I've, I've never had any complaints. It looks good. It looks solid. You know, it probably could run a it, marathon. Yeah. It's not the aesthetic. It's the, um, well, I mean, cause I, I was, uh, I was circumcised as an adult when I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I was circumcised when I was like 16 or 17, maybe a bit older, maybe like 18 or something even. We got to get into this, dude. Holy shit. How was that? Yeah, I I, uh, I had this thing called phimosis, which is basically where like the head, you, the, the skin on your dick like goes all the way over the head and it's like a tiny, a tiny gap so the, the skin can't pull back. I remember thinking it was really weird because I remember being in like primary school and we were in the toilets and everyone was like showing their dicks and people kept pulling their foreskin back over their bell end. And I'd never seen my bell end before. Like it, I didn't see my bell end until I was like 18. So everyone was doing this and I was like, what the fuck? Like that looks horrible. It, lo- it looked terrifying because to me, that was like inside my dick. That wasn't meant to ever be. I always just thought, you know. Son of a gun. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, it, it meant, I think it's part of why I became so obsessed with wanking, to be honest, because when the skin covers the entirety of your dick, it's like, well, it's, it's, like a, it's like you're permanently in like a fucking fleshlight or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like you're kind of like constantly covered. So the... um. It doesn't, the glands can't like de-keratinize because otherwise it becomes kind of like calcified to some extent. So it was really good, but I can't really remember why I wanted to change it, to be honest. I mean, it's not really, I guess it looks kind of odd. It didn't, it didn't in itself look bad, but it kind of looked unusual. So uh, for whatever reason, I decided, yeah, I wanted to get circumcised and I didn't research it enough really, because you can, for phimosis, you can just get it cut open and then you've done it's perfect. Then you're fucking sorted. And uh, instead I, I got circumcised, but he, he, he said, do you want it like, you know, tight or do you want me to leave quite a bit? And I, and I said to leave quite a bit. Funny story, actually, I, I got a letter to my house from the urology department about my appointment. 
and I was being, a, I was just going for a bit of a shitty phase, you know, as like a bit, I was a bit of a douche. So I didn't want to like, I was like, fuck off, mind your own business, like to my family and stuff and took the letter away. And then my oldest brother rang me up and he was like, uh, he was like, yeah, we've got to talk, you know, like everyone's worried about what's going on. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, he basically, he implied that they were worried that I was having a sex change, which is kind of unusual if you know me, really. It's, not, it's just not something I really would, I don't think anyone would ever normally associate with me. And he was like, well, you got a letter from the urology department. What do you think we were going to think? And I was like, what? That's a big fucking leap, isn't it? I think that goes a bit beyond the urology department as well. They don't literally just fucking ridiculous. It was just a ridiculous accusation. I was like, fuck off. And I told him what was going on. I was just like, don't ever fucking say that to me again. <laughs> I love that. Like you get a letter from the urology department and everybody in the family is just like, he's getting tits. We're fucked. What do we do here? Like, <laughs> you know, weirdly, weirdly enough, I actually, uh, maybe I'll save this for another one, but I actually had tits when I was younger and I had surgery to have those removed as well. When I was, when I was a teenager, you, were you like a medical kid as growing up? Not to be like mean, but did you have like a lot of sicknesses? No, not that people, well, I mean, it's a bit like that thing with weed where you're like stoned in the shop and you're like, either everyone knows or no one knows. You know what I mean? It was like that with the, with the, um, the gynecomastia surgery. No, I, I, I was kind of unfortunate in some ways. Yeah. But I was never, I was kind of healthy. I was pretty healthy. I just had like, um, superficial things and I'm, I've still been very lucky in, for the most part with like my kind of internal health and things like that but i just have like annoying either superficial or just like visible you know cosmetic i guess things oh yeah you look nice now man you get you look you look in shape and uh you do pull off the beard and like the the crop look well oh no i look i look incredible i'd fuck you you know you know i, I probably yeah. wouldn't tell anybody about it because i'm not that type but you know i'd fuck you i'd fuck you pal I'd fuck you real good but say the word saying describe my appearance as incredible just for the listeners i look incredible he looks like what the Greeks would design their statues as human perfection. That's what he looks like. So, yeah. you know, you take of that what you will, audience. A, a genius level Greek philosopher trying to fuck himself as like a twink. He's got a huge dick and he's wrapped it underneath his taint and has stuck the head of it in his asshole. And I'm doing, and I'm think, I'm doing a thinking gesture. I'm like, mm. every every once in a while, he'll just kind of. To be or not to be? That is the question. Hmm. And then it just goes back to fucking himself. It's pretty cool. You're just stealing other people's shit and using it as a platform to like fuck my own ass. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so ripping I off of 17th century French <laughs> philosophers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I fucking... Uh, so yeah, so I went, I went along anyway. I got it done. And <laughs> it was fucking stupid. Like I was in there afterwards and my dick had obviously been all cut up. And it was, it's quite... Yeah, it's it's pretty bad to like be put to sleep and some guy's going to cut up your dick and you have to just like trust him. You know, it's kind of intense. So I went, I had it. And afterwards it wasn't, when I remember it, it was horrifying, but it didn't feel as horrifying as you might think. There's a thing, there's a part of your brain is just like, don't think about it. Cause I basically for a few days, my dick was like bandaged up and like had stitches in and shit. And I wasn't allowed to like look at it under the bandages. I had to piss through the bandages and the bandages were covered in blood. And they said, when you take the bandages off, your dick will be like really bruised and it will look terrible. Don't be alarmed. So those few days, it was just like, 
a real mind over matter thing, but surprisingly easy because I think I really didn't want to think about it. You know, I was, there's part of me was just like, no, that's just my piss hole. And I would just go to the toilet and just like, kind of just, you just move through the experience. And I was told, I think to wait 10 days or two weeks or something to have a wank. And I got like three days in and I was like calling sex lines and wanking and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> they said it can rip open the stitches. So, uh, I, I, that's how what a fucking degenerate I was. I, I was still just like, I can't wait. I've got a fucking called a MILF sex line. I could have ripped open my fucking dick just to come. It's pathetic. Stop me, by the way, if this is too too much detail. I appreciate, you know, I've, I'm on a... This is real shit. I'm actually really interested in this. Oh, okay. So so then basically, this is why I'm anti-circumcision because I had previously, you know, had eff- effectively had basically like foreskin, even though it was slightly different. And then, I, yeah, I got circumcised and it became very hard to wank immediately. And so my method for wanking rather than gliding became like friction. And so I started, which I appreciate is not the norm necessarily for people who are circumcised, but still I started taking t-shirts and and pants and like rubbing them like kind of just chafing my dick with them because it was like the only way i could get sensation from compared to what i was used to and i would just like yeah i just like fucking like scrape my dick basically with like pants and it was really intense and it was like again i was i couldn't i was everything i did was totally compulsive back then so i was i kind of had trouble sort of stopping and saying like hey i'm kind of ruining my dick here so basically i did that for a really long time and tried various you know ways and it was just really felt like my sexual function had been kind of ruined a bit and it took a while to come to this realization because i did like the way it looked i was like this is pretty cool you know like my dick suddenly also looked a lot bigger and uh you know because my bell end had more room to pop and shit it's a pretty good bell end my dick's gone to hollywood it really had it was just like the fucking bell ends it's kind of weird to be honest like to have a dick without a visible bell end for your whole life and then it's like whoa yeah i was wondering why i didn't have one of the you know it's fucking it was weird man and so then i got to a point i think where like uh i was just like fuck this like sex is partially from doing abusing mdma so much and stuff but also just like yeah my dick was just becoming a bit fucked up after all this and i just like sex wasn't very enjoyable and i was getting really depressed so then i found online the whole anti-circumcision foreskin restoration community and fortunately for me i had i had a good bit of it i had a good bit of skin sometimes it's done so tight that it's agony to get a boner and it can cause like really serious problems there's a, there's a lot of bad like people have horrifically tight circumcisions i've seen pictures because i'd be on these forums and i've seen pictures that made me want to cry like just to feel just to see these like 19 year old lads and stuff you know who've like just their dick is just fucked and like it will be years of agonizing stretching before it's even not painful to get a boner because they, they have, don't have enough skin to use a stretching device they have to do it manually and that is so slow and painstaking it'd be like hours a day for like a year just to not have agonizing boners for these people and um oh my god yeah it's crazy and so a lot of people they go though from like you know really tight circumcisions to like full coverage and i was able to get away very little so i just like i did a bit of it the devices were a bit fucking ridiculous to wear to be honest did you get the one from uh matt chain that they talk about Mm, how does it work the manhood cover where it's like a sleeve for your dick oh yeah i i was thinking of getting those but i always thought you'd get like quite pissy and stuff you know but i basically i'm kind of now i kind of inhabit both worlds like i don't have so much foreskin that it's like you know some people kind of seem to have like a little too much i'm kind of in between where like i can perfectly see both worlds and it's definitely a lot better to have a foreskin like it's way 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 better i honestly recommend because in my case i didn't have to do I, I, again as i said i haven't anywhere near completed the process 
really but for me it's plenty like if my dick is flaccid it's completely covered so it's like you know kept sheltered and then sex feels like really good again so i don't really feel any need to change it anymore beyond in the shower just like a little bit of manual if it's certain, like for example the top is kind of shorter than the bottom so i'll just often in the shower just do a little bit but i'd highly recommend even if people just do a little bit because it seems an overwhelming prospect that's why i say this it seems to spend five years wearing these fucking stupid things all day and i, I didn't have to do that at all i didn't have to go through the ordeal that all these people on forums do so do i just take the the foreskin that i have and roll it up my penis Pretty much. A manual stretching is exactly what it says on the tin. Yeah, the only thing you want to be careful of is you don't want to stretch so that the hair around your dick and you don't want a hairy shaft, basically, which is what some people end up with. They stretch badly so that they pull the skin that has pubes on it and their bull skin kind of like up their dick from constant stretching and the same with devices you know you have to be careful how you wear them because yeah you don't really want to like have like your ball skin going up your dick can i be mad real with you bud yeah i already have pear on my penis <laughs> yeah everyone a little bit yeah but you don't want more you don't want the real no i mean like all the way up the back part <laughs> all the way literally. all the way yeah. almost to the tip yeah, I have it a bit like, yeah, I don't want to shave it because I, f I know you pass a point where you have to, but I don't want to because then it becomes like prickly and shit. Is it like a nuisance to maintain? See, I, I don't shave all the way to the ground, bro. I just trim. I don't I don't go death row valley. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? We've become we've come full circle. We were making fun of those podcasts at the beginning, and now we're like talking about our, how we like maintain our dicks and stuff. Talking about dick hair and like men's. We've become. I think this is satire, we, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Not sure if I'm really basic or it's just a bit. Um, <laughs> but no, to further emphasize our superiority over them and the superiority of this discussion over the type they have, it is fucking disgraceful that American doctors routinely circumcise people and it should absolutely be banned. There is no reason to ever, there is no, it's not to make anyone who is circumcised feel bad because, you know, like, there's, there's no, as I said, there's no reason to, but. Now my dick's fucked up. You can go ahead. It's, it's this is a this is a fetish thing to you, isn't it? Yeah, you want me to be like it's fucking disgusting, you dirty cock. It's this is the equivalent of like my intervention speech for my dick. Yeah, nice. But yeah, it's fucking it's bizarre that they do that to kids, and a lot of it is just money. I think it's and there's weird stereotypes. It's again, it's like the medication thing where they're like with Adderall and stuff, where they're like, if you had cancer, wouldn't you want medication? It's like yeah, it's strange that in the rest of the world they seem to have missed out on this medication for hyperactivity and for these imaginary dick cleanliness problems that no one else in the world experiences and apart from like homeless people <laughs> do you know what i mean it's like who's going around with a filthy dick <laughs> like uh, at home sure you know there's once in a while my shit's like fucking rancid <laughs> like maybe twice a year four five six seven times a year but you don't go out you're gonna go and have a one-night stand with like a filthy dick are you you know <laughs> no dude that's that's kind of why i feel bad about fucking right now is like i haven't been trying to attract any of that so i haven't did proper maintenance in that era let's just say daddy's got a bush we'll put it as that <laughs> it's big when you do do you like kind of shave intelligently like do you do do you do the, the little just the little sort of circle around the base like i usually i don't have the manscape but what i'll do is, is i'll use like i have a special razor for it and i'll put it on like a one or a two guard to where it's like a little bit of hair yeah yeah exactly 
usually what I do is is like mostly around the shaft and like underneath the shaft, that kind of thing. The, and then the, the danger zone where you go to shave kind of like when you kind of go to shave with like clippers and it's like between like kind of like your ass, gooch, balls area. And that is the taint. clippers. The taint. That's that's a danger zone, man, with clippers. Like if you catch your balls in between the the thing, the electric bits. Oh, a hundred percent, dude. And And that's why I do that stuff. Not as often like my usual routine like just because it's just danger but i try i try to keep like the area where sexual activity happens the most because i'm not getting fucked in my ass here so you know nothing like that going on trust him when he says that yeah 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 i'm i'm totally i'm i'm very straight yeah i can verify I can I'll, verify. I'll verify that if someone was I'll, I'll verify he he's not gay if someone was going in his ass trust me i'd know there's nothing gay about this fella anything <laughs> anything that goes into his ass goes through me and if you think there's something gay about that you can fuck you're backwards you know that blood dude he really wanted to get in there and i told him i said look you're gonna have to talk to karen it doesn't work mm-hmm. like that you don't just walk in here this isn't like the club you can't just stroll in with your buddies you bet you bend over and you you pull your jeans down and then it gets real atmospheric and you hear like as i'm like walking in in like some boots and i'm like like tutting with my finger at the guy and i'm like uh, uh, uh. what's the password i'm like spreading your cheeks and showing him we're insisting this is not gay i'm like i'm trying to stop men from getting in there so how the hell is this gay you tell me how this is gay and i'm like spreading your i've got your asshole like gaping spreading my asshole gaping but it's behind a velvet rope to add some class it's be- oh nice <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason i'm dressed in full like outdoor like i kind of like inspect a gadget but without the gadgets <laughs> So like a trench coat and like a fucking <laughs> yeah, like fedora. Yeah, that was the quickest. That shows the level of like maturity I'm at. The quickest way I could get to trench coat and fedora was Inspector Gadget without the gadgets. See, my head like I you said that, and even without Inspector Gadget, I just went to like film noir and like that kind of like old school film noir look. It'd be really great if you did a Humphrey Bogart accent when you were like, "You're not gonna let him get in here, pal." I tell you, you won't ever get in here, and I say the reason why is is. <laughs> Well, you're just not the fella to do it. Yeah, and then I I uh, have a puff of my cigar and then I like put it, I just leave it like wedged in your ass while I'm talking. It reminded me also of a bit in Pimp by Iceberg Slim. Have you ever read Pimp? I know of it of the stand-up specials that Chappelle talked about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, you'd love it. It's a really fucking good book. And uh, there's a bit where a guy, he talks about being a kid and he's watching through a window as this guy, this like white, rich white guy came down with his wife to watch her get shagged by a black guy from the ghetto. And the way it's described is like the most horrific thing. And it, the way he describes other black people, it sounds really racist as well. It's like really intense. You know that racist way black people talk about each other sometimes? Like, And it's like really, like really intense physical descriptions and like, you know, similes and shit. Oh, it's a fucking grim scene, man. If it's real, it's grim as fuck. The whole book is fucking, like, dirty, dirty stuff happens in there. Not in a, you know, hee-hee, like, you know, call her daddy kind of way. Just, like, real low-life behavior. I've heard that it has, like, a very matter-of-fact nature about the brutality that it exactly. has. Like, it's just like, this is this is what we did, this is how we did it. And that's what, it's like, okay, he did lots of things wrong in his life, but the one thing he didn't do wrong was writing, because he writes fucking well. So Lester, it allows you to just be like, all right, we've we kind of put the morals part aside. He's telling a pretty damn good story here. And it's, it's the power, I guess, shows the power of fucking good art, really, you know, where it's like, if he was, if he wrote like an idiot and he seemed like a dickhead and he was totally uncharismatic and charming, 
you, I'd probably focus more on like the morals of what he did, but you kind of just like, you, you have to put it to one side because it's almost secondary to just like how, what an amazing window and like kind of like portal you're getting into a different world. You know, I feel the same way about Elliot Rogers. Just kidding. <laughs> podcast listeners don't DM me. Yeah. Unless you look like Elliot Roger. <laughs> yeah. In that case, I'll fuck your mouth. I promise. Puffy little lips, mate. Honestly. Yeah. Oh yeah. You come up, you show over, you show up in daddy's BMW. I'm going to wear you out. He thought he needed. I'm not gay. He, he needed some spunk. Fucking <laughs> spunk. Come here, right here, little fuck. <laughs> Dude, that would be like going on like a super woke podcast and just being like, honestly, if I'd have fucked Elliot Rogers, he'd have never killed those bitches. That's what it. That's the. That's the real, real. Yeah, it might have sorted him out. My man, you did miss a good game last night, though. No, you didn't. Of what? American football. Oh right. Oh. You know your favorite thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, the Super Bowl is more of a religious experience for me than an actual football game because it takes place on a Sunday. I watch it every year. And like religion, I generally don't have any idea what's going on, but it does seem to make a lot of people enthusiastic. So I'll hang out. Mm hmm. Do you, have you had those moments in your life? Because, yeah, I've drifted in and out of caring about football. And when I say football, I know you know what I mean. But just to clarify for you, listen, the S word. Talking about the S word. <laughs> you know what? We never say that word on this podcast. Good. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So when I, when I was, you know, I've drifted in and out of caring about it. And I've never really, you know, been known that much about it or understood the game all that well. But sometimes when you're drunk, like, it's just an outlet for, like, really fucking idiotic emotions that feel really good like like at cup finals and stuff but we arsenal won like three out of four fa cup finals and a couple of those were fucking fun man like just to uh just to have an excuse as an adult to like scream about something is fucking good yeah that's a really good way to put it yeah because like you get a sense when you go to like sporting events like that and you see some like you know, somebody who, you know, works like a, a tough job all week and then they just like, you know, fucking fuck that penalty, you motherfucker. And like, you're just like, you really have a thought of this is way deeper than the game, isn't it? Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. It is, but it's a weird level of misery for a lot of them as well. It's a bit like, so it's sort of like doing art and stuff. Like the payoff is like amazing and there's times it feels so good and you never, you never question your want to do it. But there's times you're like, I have kind of signed up for a life of like, I mean, not compared to, you know, other jobs, but in a sense, you do kind of sign up for a life of like stress and like neuro being neurotic or like being let down or whatever. And it's kind of the same with football where it's like, even my team Arsenal, we were really good for a while and then kind of were like occupying the fourth spot in the league, which is still fucking amazing the fourth best team in england but it feels horrible for everyone the whole time it feels awful because you just want to win meanwhile there's teams who drop in and out of the top division they you know they're constantly getting relegated and promoted and for them it's a fucking laugh to be honest like some of the really shitty teams at least there's something you know it's just like it's not actually really about how good your team is you can get quite unlucky with the kind of um distribution of happiness you get with a sports team and there's some where there's it's just sad like you, you see teams that have gone from the top flight in english football all the way down like four or five leagues down to just you know where some of these clubs will get sold for like one pound because they have so much debt and stuff and people will see they'll be they'll have been going every day for their entire life for like 50 years and they'll watch the club just crumble into nothingness and they've got like tattoos of it all over them and shit and it's like 
it's pretty sad it's it seems silly but it's like it's like fuck man your life is ruined because you just support the wrong team i've talked to you about it but you know living in ohio everybody's a massive buckeyes fan that's that's the team nobody nobody gives a fuck about the nfl teams in ohio they are ohio state buckeyes fan that is the thing like my grandmother my grandmother's 78 years old and she'll look you dead in the face and say i bleed scarlet and gray i love the buckeyes they're the best like they're just about it and they're good they are consistently in like first or second place or third place in their division and in like the whole like national league. Like here, here's a hundred percent real thing. And you could probably relate to it with football rivalries and shit, but Ohio state can win a national championship. But if you lose to Michigan, you're not going to have a job next year. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like it is, you go 14 and zero, you take the championship or people are disappointed. <laughs> and it's like, and then you look at like other places where like they'll struggle to be 500 in a season and are enthusiastic about it. Just like, hell yeah, we won fucking games. Fuck yeah, dude. We're fuck yeah. And meanwhile, Ohio State will like lose by three in overtime to a tough team. And like people will contemplate suicide the next day. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird because some people in some countries, they've remembered like they put the the celebration first and then the caring about the results second. And that's really good. Like in Germany and stuff, the fans are just mental. Like they just go nuts the whole time. And that's what it's about. It's about going nuts. And the results are kind of secondary. And they understand that they have responsibility for the results as well through singing and like atmosphere. It really makes genuinely makes a difference. Yeah. With Arsenal and a lot of other teams, yeah, it just becomes this cycle of misery and online punditry and obsession. And people at the stadium just like will go one goal down and they're like, it's fucking shit. It's like, imagine being a player and you're one nil down and you're hearing, like, why, do you want, why would you want to play for these fucking prick? People just get, they become totally negative. And that's, that's what happened with us. Anyway, we lost the best manager in our history because people are just, uh, I think the internet has accelerated it, but people are just like babies about results. Like we, we had some really humiliating ones. We lost 8-2 to Manchester United. And that was like, we just never stopped hearing about it yeah but it's, it is one i mean at the end of the day it's three points it's a win so it doesn't you know it kind of doesn't but it, it does matter as well yeah i found a, a hilarious one the other day as well um southampton lost nine nil the other day and the only team to have ever lost nine nil in the premier league before was them and it was like a year before that they've lost nine nil twice i know your scores are big in american football nine nil not yeah that's nine goals right nine i mean that's like that's insane. You're getting walked on. Yeah, the average is probably one goal is scored in a match. Probably the average score line in football is like one nil. You know, like you don't score a lot of goals. Nine nil in the Premier League tw- twice is just. Yeah, I, I want to shout out my allegiance. Um, I, I don't get too hardcore into Premier League. It's mostly because I was like, I was into the Beatles and like high school and stuff. So I started liking Liverpool. I realized things have been kind of tough for us lately. So, but they, they always seem like a team that's very up and down. Like sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. It just seems all over the place. Yeah, legit club with a legit history though, and uh, good a lot, a lot of a lot of people who fucking bleed Liverpool who work at the club, and I think hence that's why they can kind of go down and come up again because there's a real sense of like there's a there's a mission there. I think so. I think and I think COVID fucked everything up anyway for everyone. It's, it was a bit of a scramble for everything. Um, that's why like Joe Rogan's gone to Spotify and gone off the radar, and we've become the two biggest podcasts in the world because COVID just kind of. As the number one podcast in the world, I would just like to say 
that, you know, we didn't ask for the pressure that the world has placed upon us, but we'll take it. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, if it's not going to be us, be the stupid schnit talk people. Jesus Christ. Can you imagine them leading us? Yeah. And I mean, on the subject of the girls from all those fuck podcasts, you might not like, you know, what we're saying about you. But if you can't beat them, join them, you know. So uh, by all means, come on the show. You can talk to us about sex. You can you can you can show us your your techniques, your strategies. Oh, I thought you were gonna say uh, they're hoo ha's. And those they can show us those. Yeah, yeah. Hell they can yeah. Do whatever, really. Any, anything, anything except speak. Yeah. <laughs> and that sounds that sounds a little bit like kind of like you know bit old school sort of Serbian attitude to women like anything but speak. Not that's not how I am with women, but just them, just those particular podcasters. You know, they can do anything but speak. Yeah, no, for I'm all for, you know, there's some badass women in this world. As for those bitches, I hope they make microphones bigger so they can't fit in small women's hands. Mm. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. But then you know what they would do. What would they do? Well, put them in their tight fucking asses, daddy. Oh my god! They w- we would put it in our tight fucking pussies, and we would just podcast like that. It's the pussy podcast. Yeah. It's just them queefing for fucking hour. It's just basically their material. Like when I put the fucking microphone in my fucking ass, I mean, fucking dare little slut. He's like, "What's wrong with you? What's happened to all these?" It's just like, "Hi, welcome back to Pussy Podcast." Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, um, do you guys want to? Let's talk about our summer wardrobes. What looks good on the pussy for this summer, summer 2021? Get that bod, hot girl summer. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody skanks. But hey, bitches, uh, if you do want to have sex with me, though, daddy could use it. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> it would give, it would, uh, they could sort of practice some of these uh, complex strategies, you know, these sort of Sun Tzu esque sexual strategies they've devised, and they could talk about them <laughs> on their show. You don't mind them, you know, talking about it. See, now that just makes me want to do like a character that's just like an ancient Japanese samurai, and he's just like, oh, so no. Fuck the pussy move. Uh, Hit from the back. Kamaroo. Is Manchester United, like, are they the Yankees of the Premier League? Is that the vibe of them? Like, kind of historically the biggest club. Most money and shit? Yeah, well, I don't know exactly because I know the other clubs have had really big investment from outside. But Manchester United are the biggest brand in English football and probably in world football. They were. Well, now they're kind of good again. It's fucking, you know. But yeah, they have been for a long time probably the most consistently big brand in world football. And under Alex Ferguson, they were pretty special. That's cool. Okay. Sir Alex Ferguson, their manager, he's a fucking interesting character to look into as like a, as a way into football almost. Arsene Wenger is always going to be my favorite. And But I mean, Sir Alex Ferguson is, um, he's very, he's just fascinating. He just, he, he kept, normally, you know, they leave after a year or two, people just get sick of them and they, or, or they, you know, the results aren't good enough, they get sacked or they, or, or they just can't keep motivating the same group of people anymore. You know, it just becomes stale. And he was able to stay there for decades and just win everything like over and over again. And it comes down to like, it's not really about football. He was just a master, 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 like people manager. He was just so good at dealing with like kind of the, the crowd, like the mob of like, you know, players and also the individuals and like keeping everything under control and having basically struck that perfect balance of like fear and respect. Yeah, he's, 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 he's really interesting. He's always interesting in interviews and stuff because he seems quietly brilliant. He sounds like um, 
like the UK version of Phil Jackson in the United States. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. Although Phil Jackson left and came back, didn't he? For to the Bulls. Yeah. Well, he he went back to the Lakers. He didn't go back to the Bulls. To to the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. He, and he went and he came back and did well again, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He I think he might have ten. And he might be the only coach to do so in any sport in American and history. I heard that he took acid and he said that that was what, like one of the things that made him. Oh, he's a hippie, dude. He's like a Buddhist hippie type guy. Yeah, that's cool as fuck. Phil, oh, dude, Phil Jackson was, I mean, he's the shit. He, to be able to manage the level of personalities that he had on like those winning Bulls teams. And I mean, he had to deal with Shaq and Kobe hating each other and still won back to back to back championships with them. I mean, hating each other. Like <laughs> he was, he's phenomenally good at like managing people and just kind of keeping tensions down in a locker room. He's a, he's a neat guy. Do you want to plug anything, my man? Fuck yeah. My t shirts, etsy.com slash shop slash get clapped, get clapped. And uh, fucking, yeah, if you hit me up on social media, I'll give you a discount code. I need to get one of those. Yeah, fucking wear it on one of your streams fucking oh uh rock music my uh latest video olaf rock music i got to fight this depression go on uh type in olaf into youtube ignore all the all the scenes from disney's frozen that's olaf not olaf i'm in discussions with disney at the moment to correct this but yeah there's not a lot of me when you search my name just a lot of a lot of frozen but yeah fucking check out my latest video it's fucking good harry was in it <laughs> um yeah harry was in it and it's fucking good it's a banger and there's an ep with that and Sorry, it's probably more than you were intending, but I have three albums coming out on Spotify and each is better than the last. And I mean that like they're all I love them all, but each is better than the last and they're all coming out within the next like three months, probably. So follow me on Spotify if you like experimental hip hop. Really, they're going to be fucking good. That's O-L-O-F-F. I will co-sign what my man is saying. He he has produced some really, really, really cool stuff this year. I've really, really become quite a fan of your music. It's it's really fun to watch your progression and like just to see like your change in artistry over the years and like even in like the six like months that I'd known you, which also for the record for the podcast listeners, yeah, I've only known this dude for like six months. And this is the kind of like back and forth we already have. Like we're a bunch of old heads that have known each other for 10 years. This is how I make friends, Karen. I'm going to be very honest with you about this is I usually tend not to get along with anybody and then I'll meet somebody and it's like, oh, we our brains are like the same. And then we just like click hardcore. Yeah, I have the same thing. I I've, I feel I have a weird, I would always in jobs, I would just be like, oh, I'm not gonna be friends with any of these people. And it's kind of like shitty and snobby. And I always felt bad about it. But I basically, I find around probably like 95% of people or more feel I can't really say the things I want to say, or talk about the things I want, you know what I mean? Or, or, or mention the things that I like. I just feel it's just, it's not because I'm being, it just feels pointless. It just feels like they'll just, they won't know what I'm talking about. And uh, so yeah, it's similar with me, really. Yeah, I don't, I don't have much of a middle ground socially with people yeah there, there's nothing worse than like talking to somebody and wanting to make like a reference or something or you know something of that nature and you're just in your head you're like i don't think they would get this i don't think they know what that would be 
So my plugs, check out Junkhead Pod on Instagram. Check out my personal Instagram, Dirt Voyeur, D-I-R-T-V-O-Y-E-U-R, digital underscore Kintsugi. That's K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I on Instagram. That's my art page. Oh, also Junkhead Bodega on Etsy. We got merch now. Get yourself suited up. Disturb your friends and family. We've got one on there that's got a guy with the pistol on his head. It's, it's disturbing. It'll freak people out. If that's what you're going for, you can do that. Oh, or if you just want to wear the Junkhead logo, you can do that too. Be a hard dick warrior everywhere, you know? You know, before we go, before I jump into the last bit, fuck you, Schnitz Talk, or whatever the fuck your goddamn pot podcast is. While we're at it, fuck Barstool Podcasting. And the shit show. The shit show, I believe it was called. Those other free bitches. Fuck you guys. Um, let's see. Fuck, fuck everything that's still on Earwolf at this point. Scott mm-hmm. Ackerman can take a yeah. long, hard ride on my fucking fat cock. Mm-hmm. You want to know something really funny? Throw a little shade their way. And you can go check it out to make sure that I'm not lying. It is real. They had to advertise on your mom's house because of their listenership getting so low. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you guys. You guys ain't shit. No. That was pathetic. His Netflix show was terrible. The biggest pile of shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I never liked him. I always would hear funny people on his show, and I'd be like, I don't get why anyone listens to this. It's crap. It was only funny because of the guests. I do fucks with, like, Paul F. Tompkins and stuff like that. Like, they're, some of the people I think are very funny, they're just very kind of woke, liberal-type people. But he, to me, is just, like, a leech of the highest caliber who just happened to be a part of that world. And just even his big thing before Comedy Bang Bang was the series called Comedy Death Ray. And do you know what Comedy Death Ray was? Yeah. Vaguely, yeah. Him compiling all of these other like other stand-up comedians' bits onto one CD. That's all he's ever done is just like rope in talent and just put it on display for other people. I don't think he has anything original for himself. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. So fuck your wolf. And on a final note, fuck you to any you know true crime podcast. Not that I, I like true crime podcasts, but there's too many of them. Mm-hmm. The ones that are hosted by women that clearly kind of want to get like strangled and raped by the guys that the show is about. When they're like, <laughs> I'm investigating it. It's like a, a terrible murder that took place. And it's just like they're really like breathily describing it. They're like bruises down her neck where she'd been strangled and raped. It's like fucking hell. This is a bit sensual, isn't it? For a show about crime. It's the same bitches that really want to fuck Ted Bundy. On that note, folks, Diamond Dick Long here, sitting out on the ranch. I've been pulling on my foreskin the whole goddamn day, trying to get it to grow back, keep my bell in nice and warm and safe, secure. I like to think that foreskin is like a blanket for your penis. I like that. I like that a lot. I would love more than anything in the world to solve world hunger. But the problem is this ranch don't grow food. We're just having sex and identifying creatures of strange varieties like that bald eagle that has an afro who's always carrying celebrities from different times. Fucking hell, there he goes right there. He's still got that afro. He's got a Maya Angelou streak on the front of it, though. It's kind of different. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah. He's carrying celebrities from all different types of times. Looks like he's got Al Jolson, 
Lou Reed, and Aquafina. Jesus Christ, this valley's fucking wild. And to think, we haven't even brought the drugs in yet. Imagine what happens when that happens. I mean, we could, we could take acid for days. We could just live on it. Like, anybody ever see that Father John Misty Instagram live thing that he does where he has a big glass bowl of liquid LSD and he just sticks a finger in it, puts it on his tongue, and he just starts ranting for an hour and a half? That could be our lives. I think I'm going to try to make that happen. On that note, folks, Junkhead is out. Hey, folks, I hope you enjoyed the podcast that Kieran and I put on for you. We had a lot of fun recording that one. And as a special promo for his new music coming out, we're going to have a brand new Olaf track debut right here on Junkhead Pod. This track is called Big Land, and it's a track off of his upcoming album out on every streaming platform on March 5th. Hope you enjoy.
Sauce to the ground, just help it feel like